I love going off topic. I think it's fun. But um, to the to the point of the band, Princess Goes, how would you describe the sound to my audience? Because I heard you guys describe it as gothadelic and rocktronic, which is awesome. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to top those. Uh... <laughs> or explain what that means. Yeah. Well, we're we're men of a certain age, and no, uh, else it no, go ahead. No, you go. I had nothing to say. <laughs> I was just gonna say that we're we, we <laughs> um, gathered a lot of influences, you know. Yeah, I think I think uh, definitely speaks to the fact that the sound is pretty. Um, that there are yeah multiple influences and we definitely aren't sort of bound by restrictive idea of how we are supposed to sound or and um, we we are um, our own sensibility. You're breaking up a bit. Yeah. I can't. Oh shit! Oh, oh shit! I'll I'll pick it up. Okay, but yeah, basically, we're we we're men of a certain age, and we've grown up, you know, with uh, sorry many, many influences. No worries, and uh, and uh, we love electronic music. We we have our rehearsal space slash recording studio in downtown New York, and it's in a residential building, and we can't we can't really play really loud live drums in there. So we. When we started, just out of necessity, we were kind of making more electronic, digital sounds, and we eventually we've evolved into using more acoustic instruments over the last five years. So I don't know. There's just a lot of influences in there, and our music kind of spans the gothadelic, like rocktronic. I don't know. It kind of is in the words, you know. Yeah. So is it? It's just the three of you, though, right? Or is it? Do you add like? players for live shows no we could i mean i suppose we could we, we if if uh if the uh budget were more extravagant i suppose we could have a much more on the extravagant stage presentation but uh yeah we the, the three of us uh make it happen um and and yeah it's just just the three of us yeah because some of the songs have guitars and like i think there's one that even has a guitar solo so that's just all pre-recorded then? Um not necessarily. I mean there's definitely some tracking involved, but um I think any anything any any distinct solos are definitely played live. Um oh. and and some of the some of what you maybe there there are guitars on the record, but some of what you maybe think are guitars might be Matt um playing the guitar, which he has a sort of singular skill to make sound like anything he plays the key part out of a Marshall, yeah, Marshall amp. So he makes it sound like a guitar somehow. He's oh, a wizard. That's awesome. So it's just the three of you making all that. That's amazing that you can do all that stuff live uh, too, because that that seems like it would be complicated with all the different sounds and instruments and things. Yeah, there, there, there definitely is a, a bit of a setup involved. <laughs> um, I mean, not for me. I just plug my mic in. But <laughs> Do you get Matt, like Matt you don't Peter, like a tambourine uh, or anything too that goes with it? You just sing. 
No, no, no tambourine. I mean, an internal one. Good idea, but. Chuck. That's a really good idea, Mike. Well, yeah, because what well, was interesting, so I, I think, I, Michael, I heard you talking about your influences as a front man. And you, I mean, you mentioned David Lee Roth and you mentioned Mark Lanigan, who played with, a, I'm from Seattle, so I know Screaming Trees, but I also know he played with Queens of the Stone Age. That's like a very eclectic uh, range of, of front men. Well, yeah, I was I was trying to pick the uh, sort of brought the people at the opposite ends of the of the showmanship spectrum. Yeah. You know, somebody who's doing high kicks and then somebody who's just completely standing and delivering like a like a tree rooted to the ground. Um, that's Lanigan, of course. Um, but um, yeah, I think I, I just I gave that answer to say that <laughs> I didn't have. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know um, where I fall on the spectrum between um, those two extremes. Um, but um, basically, it's 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 not about the how; it's about the what. You know, I mean, I'm drawn to people who do whatever they do is captivating. You know, you just want to be captivated, and, and that can happen in uh, all kinds of ways. Yeah. So do you create kind of like a stage persona or is it more just like you're able to be yourself on stage and it, just based on what you've been influenced by? Um, I both, you know, I mean, I think a persona sort of organically develops the more time you um, spend on stage and, you know, there's a way of being when you're doing that kind of thing that's, um, out of sync with the way you are at the grocery store or the way I am right now, you know, but I'm not, you know, in a trance, I know it's me. Yeah. So in yeah. that sense, I am being myself. I'm just being myself in that situation, which is a somewhat heightened. <laughs> yeah. I would think too, the adrenaline for all you guys being on stage, like you get hyped up playing music, I would think. Yeah, man. I mean, it's like, there's nobody, nobody's going to do it if we don't. So it's like, all right, let's, <laughs> let's do it. You know? And, uh, it's, it's live. It's, uh, there's nothing, it's a unique kind of invigoration to be in front of an audience and, um, be charged with the responsibility to take them on a ride and to deliver, you know? Yeah. Did you guys get a pretty good response from the audiences so far when you play this live? Yeah, we, we just played in Atlanta on Sunday and I don't know. It wasn't just us feeling it. I think there was some sort of symbiosis with the uh, the audience that uh, it happens, and it when it does, it it's it's pretty incredible. But there was this matching of energy, and then that energy ball just kept like rising up until like it was like crazy energy, and uh, and it wasn't like a huge crowd or anything. I mean, it was a, it was a decent sized crowd, but it was just like the energy got palpably epic and uh and that was that doesn't always happen at every show i think it it has to do with the um the energy of us and and, and the day that everyone's having and the lunar cycle probably i don't know it's it's all over the place but it was a crazy show and they they seem to be we toured in europe in october and in england went back over there again and it was yeah the energy was it's definitely growing at our shows so i don't know where it's an it's an uh, it's an area that we're really interested in just checking out and see how far we can take it, you know, and how far, how much energy we can generate, I guess. Yeah. And I guess it depends too on the songs because princess goes is, is a little eclectic. I mean, it has slower songs that has more upbeat, but Pete, did you play, um, you played in drums in a black Sabbath tribute band with the bassist from smashing pumpkins. 
Tell me about that. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a band called Hand of Doom with Melissa Oftenmar on playing Ozzy. I was the drummer. And yeah, it was a really fun band. It was, I mean, I don't know if you love Sabbath as much as we do, but it's, it's just such an, there's just the riffs are, you know, nobody wrote riffs like that. And uh, the drummer was so great. So it was just a really fun band, I think, for all of us to take a break from our our day job bands and to just learn those songs, which I think every musician should learn those Sabbath songs. They're so fucking fun to play. Um, it was really fun to play that music. So, yeah, and it, not... it also kind of informed like, Oh, like let's write some stuff. I think even in princess, we have a little bit of Sabbath in there. Some, some throughout our three records, there's some influences of riff riff tastic. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask, cause like, I know um, we've mentioned some older bands and stuff, but as an interviewer, I'm always like watching other interviewers like current to see what's, you know, I can borrow from styles and, you know, see what kind of questions they ask. Do you guys watch uh, current bands and look at current music to kind of see what other bands are doing to kind of learn from that or um, get influence from newer bands? Matt, what do you think? Sorry, I'm jumping on late there. Welcome, Matt. Um, can you hear me okay? Hey, welcome. Well, Thanks. Thank you. Um, yeah, we love newer bands. Um, I just saw an artist from Poland called Pani Arani, which I'm obsessed with now. Um, he's sort of an indie classical vibe, and it's um, just incredibly amazing. Um, also obsessed with Bomba Estereo, which is a band from Colombia. And um, yeah, we just can't get enough of them. So yeah, we're we're all kind of obsessed with Bumbo So, so you guys are. Have you ever heard of the band? Because um, this is uh, what reminded me when I heard Princess Goes. I was like, oh, it reminds me of this band called Cigarettes After Sex. Have you guys heard of that band? You're not the first person that's told us that. I, we got to check them out. Are they are they really handsome? And <laughs> they're three incredibly handsome gentlemen, I think. Um, yeah, they were, they were cool. I, I have some of their stuff on my uh, playlist that I listen to occasionally. Um, yeah. Yeah, Matt, I, I thought this was interesting. I was reading that you you were in this project, Daddy, and it, that got praise from Thurston Moore of Sonic Youth. He really loved your arrangements and stuff. I mean, that's a pretty a, a big compliment. Thank you. Well, that's diving deep. Man, you dove deep. We used to write that Thurston Moore quote on our flyers back in the day. Um, yeah, Thurston and Kim lived in my friend's building. Um, so when I was over there, I would occasionally run into them in the hall and fit um, that with them. They were always so cool. I've always been a huge fan of theirs growing up, you know, in New York and just loving, you know, their noise and their noisy sound in general. So I asked if they would give a listen to our project, and they did, luckily. And that's what they said. Um, I think. Thurston called it inspired and, and said something like, yeah, the sounds are really cool, you know, and I was like, ooh, we're going to talk about that on a podcast in like 20 years. Is that cool with you? And he was like, what the hell is a podcast, man? And, uh, and that was it. Well, yeah, and you play with uh, Debbie Harry, and she's a fan of Princess Goes. Explain this. She, I didn't understand the story. She helped carry your gear one time. 
Oh, more than one time. Yeah, yeah. She actually loves to help. She's very helpful. She carries the drums around. She carries Peter's drums. She carries whatever she can. She works out, so she's pretty buff, you know? And, um, yeah, she loves to help. She's driven us around in her van. Um, she's, uh, she's a big supporter and a fan of Princess. And a road, I should say. A road as well. Yeah, I love, too, the, uh, the album artwork for this one. The flower petal skull. Uh, this was Tim Richardson that designed this, and he also did the music videos. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tim came to see us in New York, and um, we had been put in touch with him by a mutual friend, and he was into the music. We gave him some tracks. He responded to Shimmer in particular, and did the video for that song, and um, and yeah, also included the album art. Um, they're actually they look like flower petals, but they're actually the wings of of like butterflies and moths um, making up that skull. And then there's a crown of wings as well. But um, it, 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 it just so happened that that coincided uh, with us shortening our name. So it was a good way to sort of incorporate that iconography, um, even though Princess can now go to more places than just the Butterfly Museum. Butterflies are <laughs> butterflies. A, a part of our uh, DNA. Yeah. So the song uh, "Coming of Age," very Bowie vibe on that one. How did you come up with the lyric? I love this. Godzilla goggles, seeing nothing but King Kong, makes it hard to get along. That that is a great line. How did you come up with that? Um, you know, I just, uh, I just, I don't know. It it came upon me. I I, I think. Uh, but it was a way to talk about, you know, living in a world uh, where we all have our own sort of curated and myopic point of view that um, in ways we're not always aware of is encouraging us to be at odds with the rest of the world, you know. And uh, so that's what that was about. When you when you came up with that, were you like, oh, that's fucking great. I, I definitely actually you know what I came up with that. And then I had another version that was maybe I that obviously wasn't as good because I can't remember it. And I went in to record the vocal. I was in uh, the closet, actually, in, in Peter in the studio uh, because we'd been getting some noise and complaints from some of his new neighbors. So I was in there and I was trying different and um and I was a little, I was a little gun shy about that lyric, and I and I told Peter the other alternative, the one I can't remember, and he was like, "Nah, man, definitely Godzilla goggles." So he's the one who he's the one who gave me the go ahead to uh, to go with that. Um, but um, yeah, you know, alliteration is fun, and um, monster movies are fun. So if you can work both. <laughs> lyric <laughs> oh absolutely when you guys film that video is that how did you do that because maybe i'm stupid because i don't know how, but it looks like you're walking through new york and there's just random people i'm like that's, a, that's you probably exactly. didn't hire is it cgi or what, how did you do it no no it's all Most real of them are paid, paid actors. <laughs> none of them none of them were actors it's all just random yeah just guerrilla style we had one camera operator and then marcos our director and then someone who is helping us with sound because, you know, the, the, the video, we're moving in slow motion, but the lip sync is in time. So we had this sort of sped up version of the song in our ears. And I was singing like a sort of um, sped up 
sped up version of the of the uh lyrics so that the, my, my mouth would be in time but yeah i mean Times square that time of night you know it was like i don't know somewhere between it was around 10 o'clock or something and it was just jammed with people and there's so much going on it's so chaotic that nobody really even paid us much mind they paid us a sort of like oh yeah kind of mind you know but nobody no Nobody really uh, fixated on us because there were so many other little mini carnivals going on in that in that world. So we, yeah, we pulled it off. No permits. That's crazy. Yeah, nobody recognized you. Nobody came over. Like usually, if there's a camera, there's some kid with like middle fingers, like ah, fuck you. You know, none of that. There was a little bit of that, but um, it's New York, so nobody really gave a shit. You know. (laughs) Yeah, and the fact that we were on the move, and 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 you know, we're 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 walking, and there's someone sort of walking backwards behind us. People just kind of get out of the way and are mm. perplexed. And by the time they have a chance to to jump in, they've been distracted by something else, or we've moved on down the street. So yeah, I I, I wasn't sure the experiment would work. Originally, we were going to shoot it really, really, really in the wee hours in the morning in hopes that it would be deserted, but it turned out we did it earlier and I think it was all the better for it. You know, it's so much more fun that we're just walking through. That's crazy. Yeah. I can't believe that you actually filmed it that way. What What about the beautiful woman that walks in front? That's got to be an a- a- actor. Nope. That just happened. That just happened and it, right, right at, right at that lyric. And, um, and we just kept going because, uh, but yeah, I know that was, that was like a perfect. That would have been distracting to me. I'd be like, Oh, hold on. I'm going to go talk to her. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Wow. That's fun. Glasswing. That's a cool song too. slower tune. Got kind of a bright, sunny vibe to it though. Two, it's just, it's a two chord song and that one's got the guitar solo as well, but you guys had some issues writing this song. Uh, I'm not sure what, what you, what issues you're referring to, but, um, what what no no what do, what do you mean well i just heard you talking about how yeah we had some issues writing that so i don't know what they are maybe you don't oh know. no 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 that that was the the story of the lyrics and i think without getting too much into that we i think we had gone through something early in the band <clears throat> with somebody that we were working with and 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 uh yeah that's all we we'll really say about it. it it was just like we were working something out yeah. and like came up with a perfect lyric that just sort of put everything to rest and put it into perspective. So it wasn't a issues recording it. It was just dealing with something that we were going through as a band. And it was a perfect way to deal. with The the lyrics are at least in part about issues, but the songwriting itself itself was pretty issue free. Would that be a future single or video or, or do you have future singles and videos lined up? Yeah, we do. We, I think we're look. you know, we just released the record last month or, you know, about a month ago, month and a half ago. And so we feel like we're just starting and we've already released several singles. And I think we imagine we're probably going to release every song as a single, <laughs> you know, whatever that means. And maybe we'll get lucky and make a video. We've got a couple in the works, but Glasswing is definitely going to be a single. And we're, we've yet to figure out what video we will do, but it's going to be something epic. Okay. And then what about, um, touring? I know you have some sh- uh, shows you've already done and then some lined up. Uh, is there something like maybe a, a, a package that you would uh, line up with other bands, like two or three other bands of similar uh, sounds or is there certain venues you want to play or a festival you'd like to see yourselves on? 
Yeah. You want to be our manager? <laughs> uh, <laughs> That'd be no, fucking we awesome. Have we have a manager. Oh, okay. But, but, uh, <laughs> but those are those are all cool ideas. I mean, I mean the package thing. We haven't we haven't really I mean we've played with openers, but we haven't uh you know done a formal sort of package deal before. That's an interesting idea. Um and I mean, yeah, we want to play. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like that's such a I, I see local bands here in Phoenix and they're amazing. And I, I love music. I love live music. I feel like what the only way you set yourself apart, it's all about the business stuff, how you strategize all that stuff because your, your music is great. Obviously it's just hard. You know, it's hard to get, it's competitive to get out there. And I feel like when you get, you know, a package where it's like people could see like, Oh, three bands. Oh, I'd go to that. You know, you can play bigger venues and get the work out. I don't know. Yeah. So we're actually yeah, we, my apologies if you discussed this already, but we're playing at the Troubadour in Los Angeles with Light Asylum, which is a band we love and some good friends of ours. And we're also doing San Francisco with Light Asylum. Um, so they're kind of a hand-picked opening band. You know, we love to retain that vibe. Um, although that's also, you know, that's kind of a package show because they've been at it for years and are amazing as well yeah do you like is it what is it like to play those iconic venues like the troubadour and the whiskey i mean that must be so amazing it, yeah it's it feels good you know we've done some cool clubs in europe and paris we were in a really really cool club and um berlin it's like kind of like a castle um but in, yeah, uh, to your other question, we have, we've been invited to play a couple of festivals this summer and in Europe. And those are, you know, we we're trying to work out this year when we can get in some festivals because we are curious to see what it's like, you know, sometimes those can be really fun. And sometimes those can be really like cluster fucks of, excuse my language of um, just too much, too many bands, too much, you know, but I, I think it'll be fun to, I feel like in our, in my mind anyway, when, you know, we're, we're making songs and music that are um, meant to be played in a big, on a big stage, you know, at least that's what, that's what we're, we're hoping to see if that's, if that's true. You know, like we belong on the big stage. I don't know. Stop me. Somebody. <laughs> you guys have time for a couple more questions. Or do you have another one? That... We got it. Like maybe one more. Yeah. Okay. One more question. Okay. So big question for if you could all answer this, actually, I'm curious because you all have such high levels of success. Um, what is the secret to success, like uh, in terms of like a mindset or habits or behaviors? Is there some any sort of advice you would give in terms of for uh, not just music, but maybe just how could people apply those principles to their own lives? Just keep showing up and don't let the turkeys get you down. That's what I'd say. <laughs> yeah, and I would say try to. That's a that's a good question. Maybe collaborate with your friends if you can, because it's always better to have some energy to bounce off of, and and hopefully that energy is somebody that you already like and that likes you, and you already have a copacetic energy. Um, but but like Mike said, just keep keep doing it. Don't listen to any noise or criticism and just keep doing it and keep doing it and, and ask yourself what your ambitions are. And once you can answer that question, maybe put yourself in the best position to, 
to do it? That's a terrible question. I had a better answer for this yesterday. I was no, I actually that. fucking love that's a very unique answer, <laughs> but it's actually very good. I like that. Very, very cool. Well, thanks, guys. I know you got to get to another one. Uh, the album is out now. It's called uh, Come of Age and uh, it's available on Spotify, all the streaming things. Can, can people get a physical copy if they want, like a vinyl or something? Oh, yeah. Sure, can. It's all online. It's all in the, in the thing, in the stuff. Go to the stuff. Okay, it's I'll put the website in the show beautiful, notes. Uh, material artifact yeah i love that cover like i said so very cool well thank cool. you so much and uh i'll look forward to seeing you live hopefully someday thanks chuck thanks so much thank you, thank you chuck all right bye bye thank you for taking the time to listen to the full podcast episode please help support our guests by following them on social media and purchasing their products whether it be a book album film or other thing And if you have a few extra dollars, please consider donating it to their favorite charity. If you want to support the show, you can like, share, and comment on this episode on social media and YouTube. And if you want to go the extra mile, you can give us a rating or review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Finally, make sure you're subscribed to the show on YouTube for the video versions and other exclusive content. We appreciate your support. Have a great rest of your day and shoot for the moon.